Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to our NBA tip-off show. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to actually be the final title of the show, but uh, we'll get around to that a little bit later. On the line tonight, I get to do this podcast. A lot of the podcasts I get to do, I get to do with some of my best friends on the planet. Uh, this gentleman is one of them. He goes by many different names uh, growing up. <laughs> but I think for this one, he's just going to be Will Stacks. Will Stacks, say what's happening to me. Will Stacks in the house. What's up? That's right. Yes. Uh, uh, just a real quick background. Uh, me and Mr. Stacks grew up together. Uh, and the one thing that Brothers Comics enjoys more than comic books, comic book movies, and all that is probably sports. And uh, Mr. Stacks uh, was a big part of that, at least in terms of me growing up. He's somebody who has great sports knowledge in all types of sports and sports that I didn't even think of being a young black man from the ghetto. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's got, he's got a quite a few takes uh, and quite a bit of knowledge, so we're going to use a little bit of that for our NBA tip-off show. This well, podcast has been kind of perfect. Appreciate, you letting, me, appreciate you letting me join in. Appreciate you letting me join in uh, to throw in some some uh, stacks knowledge um, that I try to throw out there. But uh, yeah, definitely sports big part of our lives growing up. And uh, you know, let's have some fun with this NBA season. Right. So the NBA tipping off tonight with only two games, but definitely taking some of the, uh, the four teams that we'll probably be talking about all season long. So what's your hype level, man, for the start of the season? Well, I tell you, this to me is the most anticipated NBA season in decades, maybe since the return, the return of Michael Jordan coming out of his retirement. Uh, this is probably one of the greatest uh, off-seasons for the NBA there has been in uh, definitely recent memory. And uh, they have definitely taken all of the headlines from the NFL, from Major League Baseball going through their playoffs. Got uh, AL and NLCS games on tonight, but I don't think anybody will be watching. They'll be focused on Cleveland in Golden State tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. My hype level uh, is, is higher than it would be normally for the tip-off of the NBA, probably because I'm not watching much NFL football. That's a whole other podcast. But, yeah, uh, how, I mean, how could you not be hyped about the two, the two games tonight and the four games as well as everything that happened in the offseason? So uh, uh, I'm not somebody that would usually stay up too late to watch Tuesday night NBA basketball, but I'm probably up until, I would say, 1 o'clock tonight to go ahead and watch these both back-to-back. Uh, most definitely, the NBA did their job getting these two games to open the season. Uh, I mean, Boston and Cleveland, the, the headlines there just off the charts with Kyrie asking for a trade. I want to get away from LeBron, he said. <laughs> and then uh, that game followed by Houston and Golden State, two of the uh, potential top teams in the uh, NBA for sure. Uh, it's going to be an absolute uh, tremendous opening night. Just one of 82 games, but still a great night. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm a... 
Big Hutch, uh, one of the founders of this uh, podcast or whatever, he was saying that we have to bring up the, the blog, or not the blog, or the post that Michael Jordan came out with last week is saying about, you know, this idea of the super team, you know, you're going to have like four good teams and the rest of them are off scrapping the barrel. Does that dampen your hype level, knowing so much of the power is shifted to the Western Conference in the offseason? Well, I think it is uh, definitely does not uh, damper the hype level for one. Uh, Michael has a point of sorts, and I'm calling Michael Jordan like we know each other, Michael. But we, uh, I think he does have a point where the super teams uh, will dominate. And for the most part, you'll pretty much know who the top two or three teams are in the East and for the most part, the top two or three teams in the West. However, out West, there might be a few others that could jump in there. But um, he does have a point, but uh, no, it does not dampen uh, my hypeness uh, because there's still a lot of other storylines. Um, you got the rookies, you got the ball family, you got, uh, you know, the upstart, quote-unquote, 76. There's a lot of other storylines, so even if they're not a top team, there's still some stories. And, and you know, we all love Michael Jordan, don't get me wrong, but he's also speaking from a point of sour grapes, too, because his team is one of the also-ran, you know, right. um, whether yeah. from management, poor draft picks or whatever, his team is one of the also-ran, so he has to, you know, sit through this and watch all these teams run through Charlotte every week. Well, he went and spent big money on uh, Dwight Howard in the off season, so that's uh, that's saying a lot right there. So, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, he kind of knocked his own team uh, yeah. in the process. But uh, hey, he was speaking truth. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's get to some of these jump balls here uh, to start. Let's look at some of the off season moves before we get into the game of the week tonight, which is uh, we'll talk about a little bit both about the uh, Cleveland game in the Celtics and Houston and Golden State. Uh, the first one, and I did not know this. It came from a text from you. Uh, Kyrie to the Celtics, that's the biggest offseason move. They also signed Gordon Hayward, but it's Gordon Hayward. Um, I did not know Kyrie was your favorite player in the NBA until you sent that text. Well, and now I'm hearing for your hated Celtics, on your hated Celtics. Yeah. So, uh, oh. what's up? It, it hurt my soul to see. And I, I say Kyrie is my favorite player to watch. If there's any player to watch in the NBA that if he's playing, I want to watch because he, he is an exciting player when he's, when he's on the court. And uh, he is definitely uh, going to make some, some things happen in Boston. I, oh, it just hurts my soul to want to root for a Celtic. Uh, but in this case, I definitely will uh, root for Kyrie. Um, I won't say I'm a Celtics fan. I will not say that. But uh, <laughs> we'll root for Kyrie. Um, they, the Celtics are making moves. They've they've been stockpiling draft picks for for seems like years and decades. But hey, they finally uh, seem like they're putting some to use. Uh, using one in the trade to get Kyrie, along with Isaiah Thomas. And uh, uh, Crowder, but uh, on the same note, they they uh, still also use one of those picks to uh, get Jason Tatum out of Duke, uh, another uh, young man with seems like a very high ceiling, uh, which adds to Kyrie, which adds to Gordon Hayward, 
could potentially be uh, very powerful in the East. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 you know what? The only time I cheered for the Celtics was when they played the Lakers because I'm just not – I wasn't a Shaq and Kobe person. So uh, when, the, when the Celtics played them in the finals that year with Doc and, the, and their version of the big three, that was about the only time. I mean, we go back a little bit away, as y'all can tell from the intro music. Um, you, you know, the Celtics was the team that we all hated. That's, we all liked the Lakers because they had all – I mean, let's be frank, they had all those white dudes on the team. And, yeah, um, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't a team to be kind of trying to cheer for. Maybe a little bit of Reggie Lewis. I, you know, I cheered for him because he was so good before he passed away. But beyond that, I didn't mess with the Celtics at all. And, uh, yeah, I just I, – we'll get into this a little bit later when we get to that game. Okay, so, yeah, all right. What do you think about Gordon Hayward? I, I, I mean, I just think he's I – I think he's an also-ran. I don't really think he adds really anything to them, to be honest with you. I think if you look at Kevin Love, when Kevin Love first came to Cleveland, that's going to be about what you get from Gordon Hayward. He was a big uh, fish in Utah, and everything pointed towards Gordon Hayward. However, he'll be a smaller fish in Boston. He won't be the man that could be to his benefit, take some of the pressure off, it will all shift to Kyrie. However, uh, you know, he's making big money. He better uh, show why he, he deserves that money. But uh, yeah. I, just, I just don't see, um, you know, I, I mean, he's a good player. Like Kevin Love is a good player, but now he's not the man. I don't think he's going to be uh, putting up the same type of numbers. Yeah, I agree. And he's making max money too. That's going to be a topic for a different podcast. It's going to come up when we talk about some of our top team, our top teams in the East and West, about all the money that the NBA was throwing out over the off season to some also rands, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. All right. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. The next move, uh, CP3 to the Rockets. Uh, he gets. I guess that was it. A, he was a trade, or he signed in the offseason? I can't remember. No, it, it, was, it was a trade. It was a trade. It was a, a multi-player trade, at least going to the Clippers. I think four players went to the Clippers, uh, with just a couple coming to the Rockets. But uh, of course, the big piece being Chris Paul, uh, a leader. Chris Paul, known as a leader, a tough bulldog, in-your-face type of ball player won't back down, which is something Houston definitely lacked a year ago. They could score and score and score, but they really didn't have the toughness other than Patrick Beverly, who was traded to the Clippers. He went to the Clippers. Uh, yeah, so the, the Rockets needed uh, a leader. James Harden, their, their top player, MVP candidate, uh, top scorer. However, uh, you know, he wasn't a, a, a leader from the sense that he'll get in your face and tell you to step up. He would just try to lead by example, and we saw in the playoffs he didn't lead very well. Yeah. Uh, but James Harden now has someone uh, on his side that will be with him. Um, it'll be interesting to me. I'm still, I want to see that duo together because they both want the ball. And if they're both on the court, there's only one basketball. So I'm not sure how things are going to work in Houston. However, they're a quality team. 
Um, they score a lot of points. They shoot a lot of threes. So we'll just see how the defensive side will play out, but they'll definitely be a team to watch in the West. Isn't it amazing how Mike D'Antoni went from couldn't coach the Lakers, couldn't coach the Knicks, and then you put him on this different team, and then somehow it works. I mean, it's amazing that he went from he should have been coaching at the rec league somewhere, and then he winds up over there, and they almost win 60 games. I mean, it's just amazing. If you go when he was in Phoenix and he had Nash and Stoudemire, he was right there to go into the NBA Finals had it not been for uh, Stoudemire uh, getting ejected or injuries. Um, yeah. Otherwise, they they were right there. But you are correct. In in, in New York, he couldn't um, yeah couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. Definitely oh. <laughs> uh, with the Lakers, with talent, still couldn't do anything. No. And um, got paid a lot not to coach in both places. Yeah. So uh, I would love to be his uh, agent because they made a lot of money to do nothing. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, um. I'm I'm the same way about CP3 and James Harden, uh, two ball dominant guards. Uh, both of them need that ball, so it's gonna take it's gonna be some kinks to work out. I think with them uh, in the early part of the season, I won't be surprised if they get run pretty hard tonight too. Um, just uh, just I, because I, I, I could see, um, yeah, a close first quarter. After that, yeah, I think Golden State will take control. So I wouldn't disagree there. Yeah. But I think uh, even a bigger move was out in OKC. Yes, jump through it. You got it. OKC picking up two All-Stars to go with MVP Russell Westbrook. He's got running mates PG-13, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, that should be something to watch. I'm very interested in seeing how that's going to mesh um, I can see some. I can see some potential there. I like just the 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 paper view. I gotta. We gotta see how it plays out. The Oklahoma City problem will be they can't play all forty eight minutes. Yeah. If they go off the court. Who else is going to do something? And you know, Stephen Adams will bang down low, but um, how the minutes are worked around where one or two, one of them will always be on the court, I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, so you have to figure out the minutes. Uh, that's why they pay uh, the coaches the the big money. Billy Donovan has his hands full and figure that out. But um, I'm very curious uh, to see what they do in the West. I put that as actually move number two behind okay. Kyrie. I'll move Chris Paul back to the three spot. Okay, I uh, I saw a great meme on Twitter. It was a picture of uh, 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 Mello and um, Russell Westbrook. You know, and kind of, you know, Mello was kind of looking at him, kind of sideways or whatever. You know, like a practice thing. Yeah, oh, whatever. yeah he was like, yeah, I'm the, I'm called the point guard, not the pass guard. So um, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, all of again, one basketball, and they all won it. Um, but you got to make it work, and I, I see potential there. I think uh, I think Westbrook is, is anxious. I think he and Paul George have a previous relationship growing up in the L.A. area, so they have some some bond. 
Carmelo's the the wily vet. I think he'll be more of a spot up shooter at this point of his career. Um, but we'll uh, we'll see how it works. Uh, I see a lot of potential there in OKC. Melo's going to get buckets. I mean, that's just what he does. You know, he's going to get buckets. It's just, you know, sometimes Melo can be that dude. It seems like, at least from the outside, you know, if he's not getting getting his shots or getting buckets, you know, he can sulk a little bit. At least that's the, the, the media portrayal. And so you hope he doesn't kind of, you know, drag that down. I think if, you know, we'll get to this too later, that I think if anybody, because of Paul George's ability to play both ways and Russell Westbrook's as well, they might be the only ones that can D up Golden State to be able to stop them from scoring 130. And, you know, they're going to lose something with Melo on the court too. But, you know, you got two people that can at least play both sides of the ball, uh, both sides. And uh, I hope that that, you know, I I think they're the one that could make that choice, but we'll see. All right. Uh, Jump ball number four. Uh, D-Wade and D-Rose also, uh, Derek Rose and D-Wade to the Cavs, along with Isaiah Thomas, who we're not talking about because he's going to be out at least until the All-Star break, at least. Um, uh, that's, yeah, definitely another big move. Um, not even, um, you know, LeBron back with his boy. D-Wade, his boy, the banana boat crew, <laughs> part of it at least, uh, back together. Um, again, a team loaded for All-Stars. Uh, the only other team, uh, we have two MVPs playing together in Golden State. People forget two MVPs now play together in Cleveland. LeBron James, don't forget Derrick Rose was an MVP. I yeah. think Derrick Rose is going to play with freedom this year because he's not going to be the man. And I think that in itself is going to allow him to go back in time a little bit to the Derrick Rose of a few years ago uh, before his injuries. I don't think he's quite that player, but you're going to see some flashes. People say, uh, a lot of people are saying this Cleveland team is better than last year. I say pump your brakes there. Um, <laughs> however, uh, it is uh, uh, when you know whenever you got LeBron James, you got a chance. He's the best player still on the planet. He has not lost that crown. He hasn't got the championship anymore, but he does still have the crown of the best player uh, in the league. And whenever you have him, you have a chance. You have some veteran savvy with D Wade. <laughs> How many games can he give you is yeah. key as long as he's ready. Playoff time is the key. Uh, what are you going to get from uh, Crowder? What are you going to get from Isaiah Thomas once he finally comes back? And how is Kevin Love going to be in his new role? Uh, yeah. Or Tristan Thompson coming off the bench. Uh, he's, uh, with the baby on the way, the Kardashian curse will be in full effect. <laughs> it's in full effect. Uh, in full effect. So the Cavs are definitely interesting. Uh, I think uh, a slow start for the Cavs, but I think they'll get it together um, after about 20 games or so. Yeah, I, I see the slow start, too, uh, as they try to integrate all these people. There's a little bit of word out there that um, J.R. Smith wasn't happy going to the bench, but, I mean, he's got a couple of six-man awards, I think, at least one. 
Um, so that shouldn't be a big deal. You know, and some of those players are better probably playing less minutes between him and Shumpert. And, you know, D-Wade's going to play, I mean, what's the over-under, like 55? And that's probably uh, as many games he's going to play. Definitely under, under 55. I'm, I'm going to go, I'll go 45, I think, as long as he's ready by April. That's what's important. But, uh, yeah, so definitely if you're talking about watching minutes, they're going to watch his minutes big time, big time, because they just yeah. want him for playoff push. Yeah, and I think the only reason he's getting the start is because Isaiah Thomas is, you know, not there. Like, I think, you know, maybe they do go with Jr. to start if Isaiah was there to get, you know, because he's somebody that also gets buckets if he was there too. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what that shift is post-All-Star break with the starting lineup, you know, because Isaiah's not coming off the bench. He's going to have to start, but then you're going to mess up all the chemistry that you had prior to that coming. So, you know, like I, I don't think that just like last year, I don't think the, the Cavs care if they're the number one seed or not. It, it won't really matter if the Boston gets it or whoever, somebody has the best record in the East. They're just really trying to be healthy, you know, come April. Definitely, and uh, we'll as we talk about the top teams in the East and the West, we'll definitely mention that because I definitely agree. Being number one in the in the East is not top priority as it was last year for for the Cavaliers. All right. All right. So, do any of these moves make any of those teams a threat to Golden State in the West or Cleveland in the East? Or well, I guess just Boston's move because they're really the only ones that did anything of importance. I think Boston is definitely a threat to Cleveland, and I think OKC has at least has Golden State thinking. Um, Houston has them thinking, but I don't think they're worried about Houston. Um, I think Golden State has them has them thinking like, or has excuse me, OKC has Golden State thinking. However, I still believe um, Golden State's the team to beat in the West. Yeah, it's and we'll get to that when we get to the top teams here as we move on. Um, yeah, I don't. I I kind of think Boston. I think Boston takes a, a step back. I really, I, you know, look, Kyrie is a great player to watch, um, but we saw what he did when he was the leader of a team. You know, but again, he was also a teenager. He was very young. He didn't know how to win. Now he knows how to win. He's a better player now. But there's a lot of pressure on him to be the the, the one to take it over the top for Boston. And I think we're going to see a little bit of that tonight because he's that a kind of emotional player too that he's going to try to get off tonight and you know show what the people of you know Cleveland is going to miss. And you know he might get a little bit loose. But I I, I wonder if the pressure gets to him because everything's placed on his shoulders now. Well, when he was the leader of the Cavaliers prior to the return of LeBron, think about the rest of his team. Um, yeah. yeah, he did have Tristan Thompson, but Tristan Thompson couldn't figure out if he wanted to shoot left-handed or right-handed still at that time. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, the rest of the roster was Deion Waiters and, uh, you know, you had a bunch of throw-ins like that. So right. uh, I Cut him a little bit of slack, and yes, he was, you know, fresh out of 13 games in college, so um, he was definitely still young. It's a it's a different Kyrie than uh, the early Cavalier years, for sure. Yeah. All right, so let's look at the top teams. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's done anything to oh, 
super threaten them, except for maybe Oklahoma City and Boston. But let's look at some of your top teams, and let's go with the East first. You know, things happen. You know, the Cavs are very old. So, uh, one injury could upset the whole apple cart. So, we're going to take I'm the top four teams. Top four teams. Let's start with number four. My number four team, the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks were a six seed a year ago. They were 42 and 40, six seed in the East. I see them taking a step forward, of course, led by the Greek freak. I'm going to butcher his name, but Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is uh, is a star uh, on the rise. Uh, Jason Kidd is a definitely quality coach. Uh, Jabari Parker, if he can stay healthy, yeah. if he can stay healthy, he's a solid uh, partner with uh, the Greek Freak. Uh, I expect them to take a couple steps forward. If they were sixty a year ago, I can see them moving up two slots. To the four spot. So number four in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I have number. I have number four in the East. Um, I had the. I had the Wizards or the Heat. Um, you know, the Wizards are the Wizards. You know, you got Wall and Beal, so you're gonna have a chance every week. Um, they still won't be able to get a third score in there. They paid Otto Porter a twenty-four million dollars for some reason, man. <laughs> And I have no idea how that happened. Uh, but also, because they're my team, and I'm probably being a little bit of a homer, the Heat should have made the playoffs last year. They had a horrendous start and then had an unbelievable second half. You know, they paid um, Deion Waiters. They all just came up a bunch of money. So they still have a start, a solid starting group and uh, just a bunch of hustle players. They're super well coached. So I, I, I would be surprised if they got off to such a horrible start. And, you know, with – with Whiteside, they'll still be able to dominate down low. He's still, you know, a double-double king when properly motivated. Uh, Dragic is still there. So I, I think they're a, a solid, you know, close to 50-win team in the East. They were definitely uh, my best of the rest in the East. So call it a five-slot. But, yeah, they're, they're going to be good. But I'll put Milwaukee in the four. My number three, as you just mentioned, is the Washington Wizards. Uh, John Wall definitely took a huge step forward a year ago and truly showed he is definitely someone uh, to be reckoned with, uh, a leader of the team. Um, he is going to take this team, uh, I say, a three-seed in the East. Um, you mentioned that old Porter getting paid max money. Uh, Bradley Beal has to be looking like, what about me? So I think he, he's next. But uh, those three, uh, I think, will elevate, or Beal and Port will elevate Join Wall to give enough. Can they get some another player? Will it be uh, Martin Gortat up front that gives them a punch uh, to get them over the top? But uh, I see them as a three seed. Uh, in the East, the Washington Wizards. My number three is the Toronto Raptors. Again, you got two players in Lowry and DeRozan. They're going to get buckets. Will they be able to do enough? Those two dudes are super frustrating because they are so good in the regular season, and you can almost see their butts tightened 
um, every playoff series, man. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they just cannot get their shooting and whatnot together once the playoffs start. But they're a solid team. They got great home field, uh, home court up there in Toronto. So, yeah, they're my number three seed. I see them taking a few steps back this year. They'll fall to about the sixth in the east. Okay. Um, I don't think they're – they can't get over the hump, like you said. They, they can't. And it's going to start to show more in the regular season this year. Okay. Who you got at number two? Number two seed. The two seed from a year ago. The Cleveland Cavaliers will be the two seed, mainly for this reason. I think their their age, injury, prone, uh, will slow them down in the regular season. They are gearing for the postseason. They could really care less about where their seeding falls. However, uh, LeBron is good for 40 games uh, if he's on your team. So um, they'll they'll do enough to get to the two seed and um, make sure by be by the end of the show you get my bold prediction that okay. what's going to put them over the top. All right, when it comes to the end All of right. the year. So, but a uh, two seed for the Cleveland Cavaliers. We are in agreement here. I also have the Cavs at number two, and for the exact same reason, I think that they are going to rest so many players um, because they really have, they literally have no young players. I think I was looking at the roster. I don't think they have anybody under the age of 28, you know, so a lot of NBA miles and legs on those dudes, a lot. And, you know, there's really no point of pushing them to win, you know, 55 games. There's no point. They could go in as the two or the three. It doesn't even matter. They really doesn't. They're going to rest and keep resting. Uh, until they have to, and just kind of, you know, just give the East over to the Celtics. That's that's how I see it. Most definitely. Which only leaves the number one seed in the East will be the Boston Celtics. I get 57-58 wins uh, for the Boston Celtics to be the number one seed. Um, I think Kyrie shows he can lead. Uh, Gordon Hayward will do enough. He won't be a star, but he will do enough. And watch the growth of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as a rookie um, will will do just enough to show why he was uh, such a coveted high pick. Um, Their key will be the role players. People like Marcus Smart will need to come in and play the dirty minutes in the backcourt. And then they have Aaron Bain, the big physical player up front, to come in and bang down low. So those key role players uh, will will play big for the Celtics. And I believe they probably have the best coach in the East. And I think uh, Brad Stevens uh, will be good for a few wins as well. And so I put the Boston Celtics number one. Uh, in the East. Yeah, they lost uh, number one thug, Kelly Olnick, or whatever, to the Heat, actually, in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I I think Brad Stevens, you know, it's that old college coach and that old college try, and so he'll keep pushing them. And, you know, on nights where they're going to play against 
you know, some also ran where the Cavs played that team. They didn't send anybody or didn't play anybody and lost by 20. They'll go ahead and play hard against, the, you know, the 76ers. You know, they're going right. to play hard that night to try to win the game and get the W. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. All right, let's swing it out west. Who is number four out in the west? The number four, this was difficult. This was difficult. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers. What? The four seed, uh, led by Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. They are two outstanding guards. Um, they get, uh, it'll be interesting with the new all-star format to see, uh, what happens with those two guys, but those are dominant players in the backcourt. Uh, they just need a little bit of help, uh, drafting the big center from Purdue, Caleb Swanigan. Maybe he'll play a role because he can step out and shoot, uh, as well. So hopefully, uh, they get some help. But uh, watch out for the Portland Trailblazers as the fourth seed in the West. All right. I have uh, the aforementioned Houston Rockets at the fourth seed. I think it's going to take them a little bit of time. Uh, it's just going to take them some time. And the West, you know, it don't have a lot of nights off. You know, there's going to be some teams that have been together a little bit longer. It's going to take them a while for them to jail. So I got Houston all the way down to the four, which I think they were the two last year. So they're going to take a little bit of a step back, even though they got CP3. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's a quality pick. Um, I, I had the, the best of the rest, believe it or not, being the San Antonio Spurs oh. at a five, five seed, which is uh, – can't believe to say, but um, but yeah, the Spurs at the five seed for me. So my number three will be like you mentioned, the Houston Rockets. I think they um, will score, and they will score in bunches, and they are going to try to do just that, outscore you. They want threes, layups, or free throws. That's the only thing uh, they want. If it's just a, a layup. Um, that's not really any good. So they want um, they want to score 125 a night, and they're going to put up shots. However, what's the old, uh, they said in college, live by the three, die by the three. Yep. Uh, we saw them die by the three for sure in the playoffs a year ago. Um, and I think we can see more of that in the future probably. However... It will be an exciting Houston Rockets team, and they'll fall to the three spot in the West. I see you got them at the best of the rest. I have San Antonio at number three. Um, great coach, even though they're going to rest a whole bunch of people for whatever. I mean, they won almost 60-some-odd games last year, season two. And, you know, they were, they were number two. Okay, yeah, so they're a, a twisted ankle away from winning game one against uh, Golden State. And, you know, everything that went to hell, you know. Uh, shoot, his name is escaping me right now. After uh, Leonard. Yeah, Ka Kawhi Leonard goes out. You know, MVP candidate Kawhi Leonard goes out. Defensive player of the year Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, Tony Parker breaks his leg or whatever. He'll still make it back for the start of the season. Or if not at the start, he'll be back um, in the early parts there. Manu's still losing hair but still playing, um, you know, in limited minutes. 
you know they're going to be well coached. They got the most woke coach in the NBA as well. So, um, yeah, they'll, <laughs> they'll be there when they need to be there. He, he does a great job of resting his people and getting them ready for when it's time to play. Yeah, I think um, San Antonio will be solid as always. Um, they need more youth. They they need to show that youth. Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard needs he needs some more help. I think uh, they re-signed Lamar, Lamarcus Aldridge surprisingly because he's not seeming to fit with San Antonio. But they must have something in mind because they re-signed him for some. Nice chunk of money, so uh, they must have something in mind. However, um, I think we're about to see them back out a little bit. Not far, but they'll right. still be solid. But um, I got the Rockets at three. Um, okay. Five. Who's number two? Number two, Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Um, definitely. If if Kyrie's my favorite player to watch, Russell Westbrook is number two because uh, he goes hard all the time. Now, sometimes he might go too hard and it might get a little reckless, but um, I can't knock him for that because I know he's going to give me 120% every night. That's what you want. Um, as a fan, as a coach, as a teammate, you want somebody to play hard every night. And uh, with the additions of PG-13 and Carmelo, um, hey, they're going to be something to watch. They're going to be running the break. Carmelo's going to fill the wing and fan out for a three. Paul George will fill the ring, fill the lane for the dunk. So if Westbrook is out running, that's what's going to happen. Um, I see OKC with about 55 to 58 wins as a number two seed. Okay. Yeah, I think our number twos and number ones are the same. I had Oklahoma City also at number two um, for the same things that we had said before. Um, For whatever reason, I don't think it's going to take them as long to figure it out as Houston. Um, You know, I just don't. Like, you know, you only have really the one – you have a ball dominant forward in, in Mello and um, with Russell Westbrook, but I think it might be a little easier for them to get it figured out than it will in Houston. I, for whatever reason, I think that's just going to take a little bit of time because um, CCP3 pounding that ball at the top of the key, it's just kind of slowing the offense completely to a standstill at some point, and I know that's going to bother uh, everybody else on that offense that you know that's used to you know getting layups and shooting three. So, yeah. So the number one seed out west, no surprise, the Los Angeles Lakers. No. <laughs> uh, Lonzo Ball leads to a 65-win seed. No, not at all. Uh, of course, the Golden State Warriors, your defending NBA champions, uh, bringing back their roster pretty much intact from a year ago. They were able to re-sign their key mm-hmm. It's off the bench, Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala. So their key players off the bench are still there, uh, which just leaves more for Curry, for Durant, uh, for Thompson, for uh, Draymond. There you go. And uh, hey, forget about JaVale McGee off the bench. You know, he's wow. going to do his part. 
as well. So Golden State, uh, they they they're bringing back the same squad pretty much. Um, long as Steve Kerr, the coach, can stay healthy, um, I think uh, they'll be hey right back at 65 wins probably. No reason to think anything less. However, one prediction I believe with them, Clay Thompson is uh, not getting the shots like he, you know, once did. Now that KD is around, you might hear some rumbles and grumbles uh, about Clay Thompson. So uh, that might be one prediction for them. But hey, as long as they're winning, I think they'll be okay. So the Golden State Warriors on top again in the West. All right. Yeah, and again, had it there. I think they added Nick Young as well, um, who, you know, for all of his other, hey. yeah, yeah, swaggy P. For all his quirks, he, he is a decent, uh, you know, spot-up shooter, and so he's going to be getting cleaner looks than he's ever seen before uh, in that offense. Um, so it'll be see, interesting to see how he fits in with that group, which seems to be, you know, very kind of laid back, very – take the attention off of each other, you know, as if he tries to be Swaggy P up in Oakland. Um, and they're going into the new stadium too, right? Aren't they in their new uh, their new fancy thing that's not actually in Oakland? Uh, that I'm not sure of, but whatever it is, it'll be rocking um, with the Golden State Warriors. Like I said, 65 wins will be my number for, for Golden State. All right. So as we get to the wrap-up part of this, we got the game of the week tonight. There's only two games. We got the Celtics and the Cavs. I put it in the, uh, on our little production notes. Who's got more to lose tonight? The, the score of the game is really irrelevant, although I think Boston probably wants to make a bigger statement than Cleveland does. But who's got more to lose tonight, Kyrie or LeBron? Well, as far as the two, um, I would say – uh, like you just mentioned, Boston wants to make a statement. They want to say, hey, Cleveland, y'all don't care as much. We care. So for that note, I'll say uh, Kyrie has more to lose because, A, we know he's going to get booed. B, he wants to come in and make, hey, I, I'm going to show y'all that, uh, hey, I won the championship with the, the three-pointer. Don't forget that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, block, but I hit the shot, so he wants to remind people of that. Um, so I think Kyrie has more to lose if he plays well, and the Celtics lose. Uh, I think a statement will still be made, but the Celtics overall they want to win. They want to hey, we they want to show like I mentioned, they're the number one team in the East. They want to show it first game out of eighty two. Um, Boston out of the box wants to win. Plus, LeBron's a game-time decision with the bum ankle that he hurt uh, in preseason game a week ago. So we know he's going to play. You know he's going to play open night. Uh, Adam Silver already called say, hey, open night, I need LeBron in there um, to start the season. So I'm sure that call has already been made. Now his minutes, However, it could be reduced if his ankle isn't, but um, LeBron's going to play. He he understands the importance of opening the season. He understands the magnitude of this game against Boston. He's ready. Be way to be ready. Um, hey, this will be a, a great way to start the NBA season. Yeah, I definitely think um, Kyrie takes a 
takes a, a run in the other direction if LeBron's out on that breakout, though, because he's not trying to get posterized um, on an opening game of the season. Cause oh, yeah. The he's, he's not taking any charges. <laughs> he's not, uh, no, he's getting out of the way. However, um, don't LeBron get caught on the switch with Kyrie, he's going to definitely try to uncle Drew him for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> be ready for that. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. Um, Great. All right. So, and then the other game tonight um, with uh, oh, oh no, I said Houston and Golden State. What do you see tonight? I think we talked about it a little bit. You know, it might be close yeah. early, but we could get a blowout. Uh, I expect about sixty-three pointer shot tonight total. Yeah. Um, and I predict um. Oh, Golden State's going to win by 20. Golden right. State's going to win by 20. I think Houston, uh, they 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 want to make a statement, too. They want to come out and say, hey, we got CP3 for a reason because we want to challenge in the West. Golden State's going to say, ah, pump your brakes. Last year, opening night, if you recall, San Antonio beat the stomps out of yeah. Golden State. And I don't think Golden State wants that to happen again. So um, if for no other reason, they're going to take revenge out on Houston because they don't want the home crowd when they get their rings and drop the banner and all that stuff. Um, they they want to, the whole night to be special. So uh, I expect a fired-up crowd in Oakland and a fired-up crowd um, seeing Golden State put up about 130 points. Wow. Yeah. All right. So you got a prediction. You said don't let you get out of here without your big prediction before we oh, get to the wrap-up. Well, some, some quick prediction. Rookie of the year, De'Aaron Fox, Sacramento King. Um, I agree. But the big, big, well, hey, uh, surprising, disappointing team, Minnesota Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler was a big acquisition going there. I don't think it's going to work out too great. But the big move, Anthony Davis. Hey, you still got him and DeMarcus Cousins down in New Orleans. Anthony Davis will not finish the year in New Orleans. I predict Isaiah Thomas will be trade bait. Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Love. And possibly that pick they got to New Orleans for Anthony Davis coming wow. to Cleveland to keep LeBron in Cleveland to make a push. Anthony Davis, LeBron, D Wade, D Rose, that team will make a run with Golden State. So if that happens, look out, Warriors. The Cavaliers are coming. But, um, as it stands right now, I see a repeat for the uh, the Dubs of Golden yep. State. Yep. And it's kind of amazing, too, that they're really a once-in-a-lifetime comeback from going for a four-peat. Um, yeah. I mean, well, you know, really. uh, here, here's a quick recap. The first year when they won, Cleveland was the better team, except for Kyrie got hurt. Kevin Love yep. got hurt. Cleveland should have won that year. Golden State should have won the second time. 
But like you said, the miraculous comeback, the kick in the nuts with Draymond Green, all that type of stuff, Cleveland did that. And then the third time, Golden State was the better team and they actually won. So, um, so yeah, I, I think uh, barring injury, uh, I don't see any reason. I don't see any obstacle for Golden State. I see them uh, cutting down the nets again and um, spraying some champagne uh, one more time in uh, the Bay Area. All right. My other real side topic thing um, real quick was, you know, what's going on in the, in the NFL with people kneeling or players kneeling, uh, their president saying whatever he's saying about those players, the NBA Typically a more progressive league, although it has the same problems of, you know, majority white fans and, you know, majority, uh, an overwhelming majority of black players. So does anybody take, you know, pull a, a Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, we're showing our age here, and anybody not take a stand or take a knee during the national anthem during this week? You know, um, I would be surprised. There will be something. I don't think they're going to take a knee. But there will be some show of something. I'm not sure what it's going to be. Uh, but I don't think um, they don't want um, – they're going to do something. I'm not sure. I, I was thinking about that for quite some time. I, I thought Adam Silver sent out something um, yeah. suggesting, uh, you know, I don't think he said not to, but he suggested, I believe, was the, the term – but uh, they will make some type of stand of, uh, of sorts. I don't think they'll take a knee, though. Um, but I'm very curious to see the pregame in Cleveland, uh, how they're going to react to Kyrie, uh, how they're going to react to the national anthem, how mm -hmm. LeBron is going to react. Will he shake Kyrie's hand, dap him up? The pregame in Cleveland might be better than the game itself. <laughs> might not be wrong all right okay well that starts to wrap up the uh the basketball show again we got it's a working title at this point uh we'll figure it out i'm gonna try to get this in uh you know probably once a week there's always going to be a game of the week there's always nba news and whatnot so we'll try to sneak this in um it's always good to talk sports with my boy here so yes uh, but we, as we do on the other podcast for Brothers Comics, we need outro music. We got intro music, and I use the old NBA on NBC intro music. We need outro music. Like, now we're going to show our age a little bit here. Um, you ain't going to hear nothing on this podcast with some dude that's named Lil something. Not Lil Yachty, not Lil... Yachty. Not even Lil Wayne, not Lil... No Lils will make it on this thing at all. So, you know, we're always uh, a little bit old school hip hop here. So, uh, what do you got as a suggestion for outro music? Uh, you know, I was uh, with the, the new Wu Tang dropping. I was listening to some Wu Tang uh, earlier today, as a matter of fact. Um, maybe some Triumph instrumental, I don't know. Might be just something to go out on, but. Uh, you can't go wrong with the woo, you know. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'll definitely uh, be trying to find some, some quality outro. But that was what immediately came to mind. Maybe some, uh, 
uh, some triumph instrumental. Um, you know, can't go wrong with incarcerated scarfaces with Ray, <laughs> the staff, yeah. you know, some instrumental there. So, um, uh, you know, that, that's what came to mind for sure. But I uh, definitely will be, uh, trying to find that right music or even, uh, change it up from week to week. Who knows? Sounds good. All right. So we're going to wrap this up as Wu takes us out. Uh, again, I am the producer of this podcast. You'll be able to find uh, this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can follow me at Brothers Comics on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Flickr. I mean, pretty much if you put in Brothers Comics, you'll be able to find me. Uh, Mr. Waters, man, show, tell them where you can find you. Well, at Mr. Waters 77 on Twitter, at Will Stacks on Instagram. Um, but it's very likely that, uh, it'll be at Will Stacks on Twitter pretty soon. But right now it's at Mr. Waters 77. All right. So go ahead and follow. And like I said, check back with us as we go through this hoop season. Uh, it's, uh, as Mike Wilbon says, it's ball night. It's ball night, <laughs> y'all. Uh, so welcome back NBA. You have definitely been missed. And uh, we'll get it started tonight. All right, so as the producer of this podcast, I'm signing off. Go ahead and sign off, Will Stacks. Will Stacks out. Peace. All right. Y'all take it easy, people. Peace. <laughs>